What's up, you runners, you podcasters, you athletes out there? This is Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep show. Today we have a special guest. Uh, we always do. But this is Gio Woodman. He's a triathlete. He's a triathlete or triathlon coach. He's a running coach. He's a runner. He's a he's a lifter. He's a teacher. He's a runs a gym, all this stuff. Uh, really great guy. We talked about all things recovery. We talked about all things prehab to make sure that we are doing the right things before we run, before we work out, swim, bike, whatever. Uh, and then also things that we need to be doing when we're just sitting around instead of uh, couch potato, watch TV. We could do a few things uh, to keep that our, keep our bodies rolling, keep our bodies moving. Check out the episode. Hope you love it. I sure did. Have a good one. Enjoy. What's up, people? This is Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep show. Uh, today, we have a guest with us that is going to talk about the sleep portion of this. The sleep portion is always, always about recovery. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to be lucky enough to have a sleep specialist on here um, and kind of show me what to do and show me how to sleep and all that good stuff. Um, but So the guy that we have on today is... Um, He's a, he's a rock star in the area, and I just can't wait for him to join. We're going to talk about all things recovery. He's a coach. He's a triathlete. He's, uh, uh, he's done ultra races. He's done all type of craziness. Um, so I can't wait for him to jump on here so we can get to talking about some good stuff uh, and then talk about ways that we as runners can continue to be strong, build, and all that good stuff. So um, I'm going to wait for him. Here he is. I'm going to ask him to join, or he's going to ask me, and we'll get this show on the road, view request. I accept, sir. Boom. And we are in. What's up, everybody? You know, get your, uh, if you're in here and you want to ask questions of Geo, please uh, hit the question box so that we can make sure we see them because the comments kind of get a little wild. Everybody says hello to each other. Uh, so make sure you hit the question box to ask questions. Um, what's up, bro? I, I, what's up, dude? What's going on, man? You are. You look like you're in the dungeon right now where you do all the hard work. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, my office. Uh oh. Is in our basement, so. Okay, cool. That's cool. where I am. If I turn on the overhead light, it'll probably look. Well, let's see. Yeah, yeah that's probably too bright. Look, you look like you're in an interrogation room now, so. Yeah, we'll turn that off. <laughs> yeah. So how's it going, man? I, I think we have we met like in person before, or just kind of very know briefly. That? Yeah. Very briefly, but other than that. Lots of in passing and on the internet. Yeah, I think I think the time when we met, I think that I think we just finished with like a, a run Detroit run or something like that. And, yeah. and half the time I'm probably not ready to talk at that point anyway, so that's probably great. Right. I just kept on moving. But I really appreciate it. Um, thanks for, so much for being on the show. We have Geo sure. Woodman here, um, and you have uh, as soon as I said I put a, a flyer out that you were going to be on the show, people reached out to me, so I have some feedback from some of the people that that know you well. So. Um, I can't wait to get into that, but let's, um, for the people that <laughs> that's, that's dangerous, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get your popcorn. Right. Um, right. yeah. So let's just tell us a little bit more about geo, like, you know, the background, um, you know, what you do and how you got to the point you are now with running. Um, you know, I'll try and keep it as least of a long story as possible. Hey, we got time. You know, I've, I've been, I've been in, you know, athletics my whole life. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm that kid that played everything. Uh, my parents, uh, I come from a family of athletes, um, and, you know, back 
multiple generations and my parents were definitely those parents that encouraged us to be outside doing stuff yeah um we i mean i never owned a video game you know terminal nintendo sega any of that kind of stuff i was outside playing and and that led to playing all the sports um and to the i mean to the point where my parents i'm sure said you know what what have we asked for here um, because I asked to play every sport and obviously that ends up being a lot of work for the parents. Um, so I've always, um, I'm the weirdo that always enjoyed running as part of practice, even when it was punishment, um, <laughs> no matter what sport it was. Yeah. Um, but I grew up, you know, swimming, um, swimming, baseball, football and running were really kind of my main stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I played tennis, I played golf, I played soccer, right. I played bat. I mean, all of that stuff, um, hockey. Um, but yeah, and I always kind of knew that I wanted to coach. You know, I grew up around coaches. Um, my grandfathers and my dad um, were coaches, and I watched them coach. My dad coached me um, really in a lot of stuff. He coached pretty much everything, and as a guy who like didn't grow up as a soccer player, he coached some of my soccer teams right. because he was a good coach and he learned the sport so that he could help out. Okay. Um, you know, he was a baseball and basketball guy and a very good one, state champion. Um, you know, all all everything kind of athlete himself. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean that my upbringing was around that stuff, and um, I ended up uh, you know through high school swam, uh, played baseball and football. Um, knew that I wanted to continue something in college, um, got a little bit burnt out on competing as a swimmer. Um, didn't mean that I stopped loving swimming and, uh, ended up playing some college baseball. I uh, really wanted to play college football. Truth be told, uh, my high school football coach, who was a high school hall of fame coach, Jim McDougal, a uh, guy who means, means everything to me. I mean, he's the reason why I'm, I'm not in jail and the way that the reason I went to college and right. all that, uh, he actually was the one who said, you know, you should probably go play baseball. Your knees are already a little bit banged up. And if you want to be able to play with your kids when you're 40 and do other stuff, you probably want to go play baseball. And I'm very thankful for that right. uh, because I probably wouldn't be doing Ironmans and marathons and ultra marathons and all that kind of stuff okay. at 41 years old. Um, had I gone destroyed my knees playing college football. Um, so, yeah, I went to school to teach um, with the thought of that I was going to jump into being a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I was that guy that you know was getting a teaching degree so that I could coach. Right, right. Um, and, and not that I didn't enjoy teaching. I mean, teaching is something that I've since done for most of my career um, in one sense or another. Yeah. Um, I never actually worked as a full-time teacher. Um, I ended up falling into a, a career as a chef, which is – a little bit of a different story, but right. it does play into kind of what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so in one way or another, though, I've been coaching since I was in my early teens, yeah. um, coaching baseball, swimming, um, you know, leading into later in life, um, coaching, you know, what I do now, which is coaching runners, triathletes, endurance athletes of all sorts, yep. um, and doing strength and conditioning um, for really all kinds of athletes. Uh, you know, I, I say all, I definitely have some things that I obviously have a lot more knowledge in and, and specialty in. Um, but I do work with, you know, multiple different types of athletes, not just runners and triathletes and endurance athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, now that's what I do for a living I and mean, it's my full-time job and that's, that's living the dream, man. I mean, I, 
as a kid who always wanted to be a pro athlete, I mean, my, my big dream was to either go to the Olympics as a swimmer or yeah. be a major league baseball player. So that, that was it. Right. And at the end of the day, you know, I think I realized at a point that if I can make money in sport and, you know, pay my bills in sport, that that's enough for me, right. you know? Yeah. And, and it's kind of the best of both worlds. You know, I, I get to coach and see athletes develop. Um, and, you know, I work with athletes from very, very beginning athletes to professionals. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that that's where it's at, man. I mean, yeah. I obviously still love to compete. I mean, I'm still out yeah. there doing it. But right. at the end of the day, it's much more about my athletes these days. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, when I tell the line, I'm, I'm out for blood. But, yeah. um, you know, on the day to day, it's about enjoying the fact that this is what I get to do for a living. Um, and I mean, and, and I work for myself. And, so. I, and I would assume that, like, that coaching in a way, um, I mean, there's still a really competitive spirit there because, you know, you have a competitive, competitive spirit and want to uh, kind of instill that and help your, your, your athletes get to whatever heights that they want to reach. Um, and then the, good, the cool thing about, you know, running or an in, endurance sports is, I mean, yes, you're going to have, like, the Elliot Kipchoge's of the world that want to win the, you know, all the races – uh, but then you have people that are just really going out there to be competitive within themselves and PR and do different things like that. So I'm sure your yep. competitive spirit helps out, you know, in that sense as well. It it does. I think early, early on in my career as an endurance athlete, um, you know, I really, I had done a tri, <clears throat> excuse me, I had done a triathlon, um, well, a couple of triathlons, like pre-college leading into college. And then when I found, distance running again and and triathlon in my 20s um it uh, my competitive spirit was probably to my downfall a little bit um because i i wanted to win and and i I wasn't winning um you're not you know you're not going to go out and and win those things right off the bat i mean i i don't have that kind of natural talent um and so it actually i tell people all the time i'm 41 years old i consider myself a much better athlete than i was you know when i was in college Right. Um, I have learned how to work within myself um, to get the best out of me. And, yeah, I was going to ask you what you attribute that to. Um, you know, I'm sure it's a number of things, but what do you? What's the main thing that you say that would help? I mean, because you hear that a lot, though. Actually, I yeah. mean, So, what do you uh, think that I, is? It's about being smarter, <laughs> um, and that's my coaching. You know, that's that's how I coach. I mean, it's. You know, work work smarter, not harder. Is is often if people have heard that. I mean, that's right. something that I try very hard to follow, um, and it's tough for me because truth truth be told, like in my career in sports, um, like I I wasn't talented enough to be a you know Division one football player, Division one baseball player, probably from a natural talent standpoint. Yeah. Um, but I I got there on hard work, um, yeah. and then that's no BS. I mean, it's I, I had to work my tail off to to be uh, the captain of my high school football team and to you know be all county and all whatever in high school and and that leading into as an adult athlete um, competing as an uh, age group athlete in triathlon and distance running and mm-hmm. ultra marathons and stuff. I mean, man, I've I've had to scratch my way um, from. I mean, my first marathon. If I remember correctly, my first marathon was like a 442. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, that's pretty that's... pedestrian. And, um, but I chipped away and chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. And, you know, here we are many years later and I'm a, you know, 
three hour marathoner. Okay, you know? cool, cool. So that's, that's... it, you know, that's a, a very long winded way to answer your question, but at the end of the day, it's you know, it's chipping away at it and just getting smarter. Yeah, I mean, I think that that kind of plays into what I wanted to ask you, you know, about, you know, your coaching philosophy. Like, um, I mean, because you, you when, when it comes to training, you know, what are your, because I mean, I guess you're talking about multiple different, you know, you're talking about all these different athletes. Um, when I normally ask questions, it's about, you know, running. But just from, I guess, you know, triathletes, you know, swim, I mean, swim, whatever it is, what's your philosophy when it comes to training? So, you know, when we're talking endurance athletes, the, the, the overall philosophy is going to be the same. Right. It doesn't matter if it's a single sport swimmer, single sport cyclist, uh, triathlete. Um, building building endurance and, and optimizing um, you know optimizing your aerobic capacity. Okay. Um, improving your aerobic capacity, which is going to make you go faster, which is obviously the end goal. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be the same between those sports. So that you know that is what it is. Um, my philosophy is I, when I sit down with new athletes and same way as I'm sitting down with you and you're asking me, you know, these type of questions, I'm going to use a, a pyramid model. So if you look at a pyramid and let's call the top of the pyramid, your aerobic capacity, mm-hmm. or if you want to break it down to speed, um, sometimes an easier way to put it, because again, it's about being faster, getting to the right. finish line faster, right? Yeah, yeah. So if the top of that pyramid is, you know, where you're at when it comes to top level, The bottom of that pyramid is your base, so your aerobic base. That's your, you know, low end. In order to get the top of that pyramid to go higher, okay, so in order to get your aerobic capacity to grow or in order to make your finish time faster, again, to try and simplify it, what do we have to do? Well, we have to add a brick to the bottom before we can add another brick to the top, right? Right, right. So you have to continue to build out that base in order to build up the top level. Right. And so that's kind of the overarching philosophy. Now, that's when you get a little bit more into the detail of, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of the people that are watching this being runners, being endurance athletes have heard about like 80-20 method. Mm-hmm. Um, 80-20 method is talking about being somewhere in the range of zone two, um, from a heart rate zone standpoint, mm-hmm. um, to put it more simply, just again, low end effort, yeah. um, effort where you and I could talk like we are right now while we're jogging. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so 80% of the time you should be in that, in that realm, 20% of the time you're pushing that top end. Yeah. Um, and you're trying to expand that. Now there's a lot of reasons behind that. Some of, you know, some of it's uh, straight injury prevention because you don't want to just boom, 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 beat yeah. on the frame, beat on the frame, go out, run as hard as you can, run as hard as you can, or bike, swim as hard as you can every time you go out the door. Um, You're just going to drive yourself into a literal hole. Um, So some of it's that. Some of it also is the, actually the neuromuscular training, um, and which trains your your brain to work with your body um, to understand how hard it's really working. Yeah. And how close to 100% you're at at any given time. So training your rate of perceived exertion. Um, and so that's really, you know, the biggest part of it. Um, it leads to uh, a lot of easy work and then some really hard work. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that you hear people talk about all the time and some of the most famous ways, I guess, in the running community that it's said is uh, Des Linden talks a lot about 
you know, taking your easy days easier, hard days harder. Um, you know, Jared Ward, you know, some of those top end marathoners, that's, that's, um, a line of speech that they have been trumpeting for the past few years. And that's something that I write on my athletes, you know, in their programming all the time, easy days, easier, harder days, harder. You know, it's not just, you know, because truth be told, 90% of age group athletes are idiots like me and are going to go a little, at least a little bit too hard on those easy days. Yeah. Um, and so you just got to find ways to make them go easier. And then that leads to being able to make them go harder on the hard days. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, that's, that's my whole, um, what, what my training is basically 80, 20 as well. And I tell people that all the time. Um, and then just to be honest, like, you know, just like, yeah, I'm a dummy too, where even though I know for sure that, you know, 80, the 80, 20 rule and just slow it down. Sometimes you just get out there and you feel like, oh man, my easy now is like, you know, a 730 pace. And when you know it may be easy today, but part of recovery, you know, like, I mean, that's a part of recovery that we don't talk about. We always talk about like recovery from a standpoint of like recovering from an injury, but you know, like part of recovery is being smart and training, right? So Yep. That, you know, like it may not look good on the watch or like Strava or whatever, um, if somebody's even, ca- you know, cares or looking at it, uh, yep. but it adds up over a training block and and it may not bite you in that one. But the next, you know, one down the road that you want to go a little harder in that next training segment, then you're you're kaput because, you know, like you've gone too hard for the last six months. And I think that's what happened in my case, because I think you already know, but I had a yep. stress fracture in my tibia. <laughs> Um, and I felt great. Like I was probably, uh, you know, I was definitely peak, uh, you know, performance ready, you know? And then I just, I think that either a few things, I probably should have paid more attention to the body, uh, listened. And then also, you know, uh, probably too hard on those, you know, on those easy days, you know? So how do you, like, how do you talk to, how do you get athletes to really kind of really dig deeper into that? Cause that's hard to do when you're running by yourself. You know, that's my, that's my problem. When you're by yourself, it's it's tough when you're with other people that kind of hold you accountable and whatever nine no nine minute paces isn't so bad but when you're by yourself trotting along yeah it I mean shoot sometimes when you're with other people it's just as hard to, <laughs> yeah, um yeah. It, you know there is a certain level of it that comes with experience yeah and right. that that you know that's something that like you you can't train experience you train through experiences you know um and I, you know I'm an example of that you're an example of that mm-hmm. um. So that's part of it. The other part of it is really teaching. So this is why I think that probably, and of course I'm selfish because this is what I do for a living, but I I believe that injury rates would go way down if more people uh, hired coaches. (laughs) And, And that's part of my, I mean, a little bit of a sidebar, that's part of my business philosophy is, you know, I try and obviously I have bills to pay and family to feed and all that, but, you know, I try to do my best to keep, uh, my services as um, accessible as possible right, from right. a financial standpoint yeah. um, because I believe that people will be uh, find a lot more success and be injured a lot less often yeah. with hiring a coach. Now, I say that because one of the ways that you can work with folks is really teaching people how to be honest with themselves mm-hmm. and therefore being honest with their coach. Yeah. Um, being a little bit more honest about how you feel at the end of the day, how you feel the next morning, 
Yeah. Um, do I need to stretch out a little more? Do I need to take today's run a little bit easier? Um, there, you know, and, and then you get into um, the coach needing to figure out each athlete's personality because you're going to have some folks that might start sliding down that slope of kind of looking for excuses and, and taking the easy way out and being like, ah, I'm a little sore. I'm, I'm just going to go easy today. Right, right, coach, right. I can't do these intervals. I'm a little bit too beat up. I'm going to, I'm going to go easy. Like overly honest. <laughs> and that's okay sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But if it, you know, if you keep yeah. kind of going over to the easy side and in the same sense where, you know, I'm looking at metrics, I'm looking at heart rate. Um, you know, I'm looking at a lot of the other like running dynamic metrics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And when I see things, you know, being turned up just a little bit, higher than I want them to repeatedly or repeatedly, then I'm going to start giving people hard numbers being like, this is what you have to look at in this particular workout or in whether that's a heart rate thing, a cadence thing, a pace thing, whatever you use, whatever metrics work. Um, and each athlete is going to be a little bit different. Um, so it's, it's really about keeping the athletes honest with themselves, um, in using, my knowledge and experience of, and, and sometimes that is experience in doing the wrong things. Yeah. Um, you know, a little bit like what you talked about with Justin last week, you know, it's like, Hey, we all make mistakes. And, you know, I definitely have. And in some ways I'm still paying for some of those mistakes with yeah. certain things in my body. Um, but you have to learn from them. You're only an idiot if you don't learn from the mistakes. Right. Right. You're yeah. not an idiot because you make the mistakes. You're an idiot because you don't learn from them. Um, so yeah, I mean, and that's the, like, I sometimes hate these, this terminology, but it's kind of the micro and the macro, yeah. right? Yep. It's like week to week, day to day, but also like training block to training block mm-hmm. and year to year. Um, you know, that's super important. Yeah, because I think that a lot of us want um, we want to believe that we're that we're training so well that you know, like that six weeks into a training block, you know, I can I can adjust this whole pace scale to be something different than what it is because I really want to run like a 245 instead of whatever, you know? Um, yep. So I, I like that kind of, I mean, the concept of like, obviously, you know, I, when I first started running, you know, in 2018 for, for like for good or for real, I, um, I was by myself. So like every, I thought you just go outside the door I mean, you walk out and then you run, you know, and, and if you can only hold that pace for like two miles, then, then you know you're good and then maybe tomorrow you go two and a half and then maybe you know whatever yep. so but I, I learned quickly that that's just not how it works out you know i mean and that doesn't well, last and you're not alone um that's the biggest reason why you hear so many people say that they hate running yeah um you hear about high percentage of running injuries you know per runner um and all that kind of stuff and, and i tell people this all the time i feel like anytime i'm like getting interviewed around a podcast or even talking to a new athlete who's like kind of new to endurance sports. Mm -hmm. So many people do exactly what you just described. They go out, they run as far and fast as they can Mm. and they walk home and they hate it (laughs) and they, and they might make it back for day two because they're really determined and they may even make it back for day three or four. They might make it through a week, but eventually they're going to get frustrated and or injured and they're going to throw in the towel, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, now, yes, there is a certain level of population of people that kind of just figure it out on their own. They're right, smart right. enough to be like, okay, well, 
that hurts. Maybe I should go a little bit easier. Right. You know, I wonder if I go a little bit easier, I'd probably go farther. Yeah. You know, and they kind of work that process themselves, right? right? But there's a lot of people that, that simply don't. And, and it doesn't mean that they're, you know, it doesn't mean that they're dumb or that they're not good athletes or whatever. That's it, just, you know, part of life. And, but what you just described is a big part of the reason why so many people aren't successful when it comes to running. And you, you know, I tell people all the time, I don't care how good of an athlete, how fit you are outside of running, maybe. I mean, let's say you're somebody who like goes to the gym six days a week, lifts weights, does a little bit of cardio, like jumps on the stair climber or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to run a marathon. I like, I work out six days a week. Look at me, you yeah. know? And <laughs> they just want to go, you know, run hard. And I'll yeah. tell even them, say, listen, man, start with run walk. Start with run walk. It forces you to, you know, take things easy. It allows your body to kind of build up certain defense mechanisms right. um, to hopefully keep you healthier. And it's it's honestly good from a performance standpoint too, but, you know, that's what's going to help people not get injured. Now, obviously, there is a big part of the idea of, like, building from the ground up, which is um, a very legit thing, making sure that you have, you know, foot strength and stability through the feet and ankles, yeah, yeah. you know, up into protecting everything through your femur, um you know, making sure that your hips are working, you got yeah. core stability, all that kind of stuff. But starting out running smart is really the most important part. I mean, yeah. you, literally, you literally like hit the nail on the head for me. Like, because when I started running in 2018, if somebody said, it was like a client of mine said that they, uh, he said, hey, you're, you're fit, you're in the gym all the time, you should run a, a half marathon with us or whatever. So I said, sure, because it's a client and I want the business. So, like, I just started, you know, like, I literally was, like, lifting. I was, like, in a, I was a gym rat, you know? So, like, I'm like, oh, I got this. Like, I'm doing, I can do, you know, 20 burpees, like, like no problem. Heart rate gets crazy. I'm good to go. And I learned very quickly that running is not, is not that, you know? Um, and so that, that's, when I, once I got over that part that this, that gym thing doesn't necessarily translate into, you know, like, being able to run a half marathon or a marathon even, uh, then I just said, okay, look, let me do some research here. Let me figure this thing out. Um, but like I said, I really like the fact that you, um, you know, if you don't work with a coach though, like if you don't work with a coach, what, like what tools can people d- use to find out like where they, you know, need to be? Because like, I feel, I feel like if you don't have a coach that says like, Hey, I'm going to make you stick to these paces, what can they use to get to a spot where they can find this pace structure? Because then maybe they could say, okay, well, you know, I'm going to try to keep myself honest here. I started off this whole thing with my easy pace being nine minutes to 10 minutes, but now I'm at 8.30. You know, how can they go about finding that out? I mean, luckily, there's kind of a million different ways, but also, unlucky, unluckily, there's a million different ways because people can get <laughs> right. kind of lost in the information. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, kind of that paralysis by analysis. Yeah. Um, you know, I push people towards things like um, if you have a Garmin, they have a really good like couch to 5K oh, okay. deal yeah, that yeah. has run walk plugged into it. You know, so that's one way if you're technologically inclined and yet you have yourself a GPS watch. You can yeah. use that. Um, Jeff Galloway um, has been in this game for a long, long time. Former mm-hmm. Olympian um, really, you know, preaches the run walk method. Um you know, I think that that's a very good way to get started. There's a bunch of other ones out there, you know, that obviously are like 
tried and true. They've obviously been around for a long time. Hal Higdon and all that kind of stuff. Free, free info, free training plans that you can get. My issue with a lot of those is that they don't talk enough about the different efforts in running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the idea of the difference between easy and moderate and tempo yeah. and threshold and all out sprint, you know, and, um, at least in most of the run walk stuff, you start to that, um, neuromuscular training that I talked about, mm-hmm. even though you might not know that you're doing neuromuscular training, you're you doing are. that through yeah. doing, doing all that run walk. Yeah. And so that, plugs a lot of that stuff in for you um and you naturally kind of learn that on your own um so that that's kind of where i push people um first um there are a lot of pretty good books out there too um 80 20 method um you know the for folks that are digging a little bit deeper and getting nerdy kind of one of the big tokens is the jack daniels running method Mm -hmm. um you know, and, and, you know, some of this stuff is dated, but there's always going to be good nuggets that you yeah, can good, pull out. Yeah, good um, You know, uh, the um, Running to the Edge, which is really more of a novel, talks a ton about uh, methodology and stuff, too. It's Matthew Fuderman, um, I believe, and it's about um, so med. Kaflesky's coach. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. is really what it, what, you know, the book's about. And it's a really cool, like, I mean, it's a, it's a fun read, but they do talk a lot about the idea of running to the edge. And really what that's about is the kind of instituting the idea of threshold running for distance runners. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that was somewhat new in the age of when Meb and Dina Castor, yeah. um, went to the Athens Olympics and, um, Joe Vigil, who, started the mammoth track club. Um, you know, he, a lot of it was his philosophy that was married with some of the like more track and field philosophy, though he worked with distance runners a lot, even when he was coaching at UCLA with Meb's coach and they kind of married some of this stuff. And, and that's what took a lot of that forward. So nonetheless, that book is really good because it talks a lot about that methodology, um, which, you know, does get you to understand the difference between kind of the different effort levels. Um, so yeah, but there's, I mean, there's tons of stuff out there. I could go on for hours. Right. Right. Um, but no, yeah. So, okay. So let's, let's get into the whole recovery aspect of this thing. Um, so I guess there's so many different ways. I mean, there's tons of different things that we could talk about in that, but, um, like, let's just start with like mistakes that, that, athletes or that you that you see a lot of your athletes make in the beginning that from a recovery standpoint where do you see people kind of fall or falter uh sleep more okay yeah sleep (laughs) Uh, literally sleep. and and listen i'm uh this is one way and listen now truth be told so i have a four and a half year old upstairs we're about to have another baby uh in like a month so sleep is not Um, sleep is not a thing you're getting into when i well so what I'm getting to though is that I, I joke and, but it's, it's pretty true. I've been chronically fatigued since I was like 15. Um, <laughs> I always had way too much going on. Yeah, I was so. playing multiple sports. I was, you know, going to youth group and, um, you know, trying to hang out with friends yeah. and all that. So I tried to do it all. So I, I didn't sleep much I, yeah. back to then. I didn't sleep a whole lot. I wasn't that kid that my parents had to wake up 
at nine in the morning or 10 in the morning or 11 in the morning on weekends and stuff. I I was up doing stuff, whether it was at practice on the road training or, you know, whatever. Um, so when I got into the endurance game, that's always been a struggle for me. And now talk a little bit about how I professionally, I was a chef for a long time. So back in my twenties and even into my thirties, man, if I got five hours a night, uh, that's pretty decent night, you know? Um, and instead of focusing on maybe trying to get an extra hour of sleep, I was going to go to the gym for that hour or go run, ride, swim, whatever the case may be. Um, and it's, you know, really been since we had my daughter that I really started taking it more seriously. You know, I, I at least pretended that I was taking it seriously seven, eight, nine years ago as I got a little bit more serious about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really then that I was like, man, if I don't try and buckle down on this now, like never I ain't ever going to figure it out. Right, right. And, you know, when I used the technology at my fingertips and um, one of the nice things about um, you know, Garmin having, and a lot of the GPS watches having the optical heart rate sensor is that you can track your sleep if you wear the watch all the time. Now it's not perfect by yeah. any stretch of imagination, but it's certainly better than nothing. And, you know, whoop straps and the, um, uh, Nova rings and stuff like that. All that stuff's wonderful. Um, and I'm actually, you know, starting to slide a little bit deeper into some of that stuff too, but just using this is really helpful. Um, and I'll tell you that just looking at my Garmin data, if I was able to pull up and show you kind of the last you know, four years or whatever, on a whole eat, honestly, even the last two years, I probably sleep an average of an hour and a half more a night now than I did when we had my daughter, mm-hmm. if not more than that. Yeah. Um, so that's the big thing, but we go on, you know, sleep right. forever. Um, the other big part of it is, I mean, there's multiple big parts of it. Um, making sure that you're mobilizing, um, and, you know, rolling out and all that after you're done with training. Um, does it have to be right away? Uh, sure. Ideally, yeah, you're going to block out 10, 15 minutes of time when you're done with your, and we'll just talk specifically about running and when you're done with your run, it'd be great if you have 10, 15 minutes of time to foam roll and, you know, stretch out. Yeah. Um, make sure you, you know, get those hips open again. And, um, I'm a big fan of kind of going back through a little bit of, um, activation. Uh, so before I go out and hopefully all my athletes, before they go out, spend some time on activation. So doing some dynamic warm up and then making sure that like the big muscles and especially through the posterior chain are firing before they go off and run. So you're right. not trying to run on cold you know, cold muscles. Right, right. Um, I'm a big fan of doing some of that again after the workout um, because it shows you if things were kind of breaking down and if you can't get your glutes to fire, it means that there's some sort of, you know, something's a little bit off. There's some sort of deficiency going on, um, you know, for that to be the case. Um, so that's a big thing. So rolling out, mobilizing and, and, you know, reactivating a little bit, making sure that your core is functioning properly. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, glutes are firing, all that kind of stuff. So that's a big one that I think a lot of people, you know, they're super busy and it's finished my run, got to jump in my shower, go to work. Yeah. Well, you know what, if that's the case, then plug in some time later in the afternoon, later in the evening, right before you go to bed. And it doesn't have to be a huge chunk of time. And it's the same speech that I give folks about, you know, injury prevention, strength work. 
You don't have to spend an hour on it a day. You could literally spend five or ten minutes on it while you're watching TV before you go to bed. Right. You know, while while you're waiting for dinner to finish cooking in the kitchen or something, you know, you can do all that type of stuff, whether it be recovery, which we're talking about, or yeah, yeah. injury prevention, which technically is part of recovery as well. Yeah, that's yeah. That's... Um, you know, so that stuff doesn't have to take such a big chunk of time. And I feel like I'm, I think a big part of the problem with a lot of athletes is that so many people in this endurance world are, you know, leaning towards being relatively type A. And it's, I got to do everything hard and big and the best that I can, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, it makes some things get lost in the shuffle where it's, I got to go hard with the injury prevention and mobility. And it's like, I got to do an hour of yoga and then I got to, you know, whatever. It's like, listen, you don't, you don't have to do all that. Focus yeah. on the big picture. So big picture is like you want to go run this marathon faster, right? Yeah. Cool. So spend the bulk of your time, you know, perfecting your training plan and, and executing the runs that you're supposed to do. Right. But then, you know, fold in the injury prevention strength work, the mobilizing because you sit in a chair all day for work, which yeah. is even worse with a lot of athletes now because of COVID. People are working from home. They're in less desirable you know, sit, sitting situations mm-hmm. might be sitting more because they're not getting up and going to meetings and walking right. around. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's even more important now than it used to be. But the idea is, you know, then you fold those things in because again, the big picture is you got to execute those runs, yeah. right? And do those right. Then the other stuff folds in, and that's you know, that's all part of recovery. If you don't do that stuff, you're not going to perform as well the next day. Yeah. You know. So. So that's that's. Yeah, no, so, yeah, I mean, because I'm just listening to it, and you're, that's, that's where I feel like I went wrong. I mean, you're, you're, when you're running a good amount of miles every, every week, or whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a good amount. If it's a good amount for your schedule, it gets, you know, you just, you feel like, I'm just going to get out here, uh, do a couple light things really quick, and then just get going. And if I feel good, you know, like if I'm on week, you know, 10 of this training block, and I feel fine, you know, I'm, I'll skip it. You know, I'll just go. I'd rather go sit down and spend time with the family or whatever it is. Um, and half the time I'm using that as an, as an excuse. But it's probably really just I just want to go sit down and watch TV or something. Right. Or go back, go back and sit at the desk and finish whatever work I was going to do. So I think that, you know, that's that's huge. So really, the, the, the one of the bigger mistakes that you see is is just is ending and just letting it cool off by itself without having some type of action um to kind of reset and readjust and reassess yeah absolutely i mean so one of the things that i think is always important to to say and kind of frame you know people um and especially in the endurance world but i guess in everything like athletic whether you're involved in crossfit or whatever everybody wants to train like the pros right so (laughs) you know like when i so talk about football baseball whatever you know, when I was playing, it was, you know, I'm looking at how all these pro players are, are right. training and stuff, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing here when we're talking about running. So everybody looks at, you know, what are these, you know, pro marathoners doing? And they're like, you know, creeping them on Strava, which, listen, they're not putting all their stuff on Strava. Some <laughs> yeah. of them do, yeah, yeah, but yeah. a lot yeah. of them are. Yeah. Um, and what people don't realize, though, is that when you're a pro athlete, especially a pro runner, pro triathlete, endurance athlete, yeah. your job is to go execute these, you know, run, swim, bike, whatever, yeah. and then go sit your ass on the couch 
in your compression boots and eat really good food mm-hmm. and watch Netflix and then do your mobility and then do a little bit of injury prevention strength. And so that's all their job is. They yeah. don't have to go to the office or yeah, yeah, nowadays everybody's working from home, but they yeah. don't have to jump on you know a call mm. and do X, Y, and Z, right? So all that's part of their job and plugged in. So it's a lot easier for them to do that. Now, granted, they need a little bit more of it, too, because of the volume yeah, and right, intensity right. with their training. But that is to say that when you're an age group athlete, it's a scaled down version of what a pro athlete's doing. So it's, you know, if the most successful age group athletes are going to be doing a similar profile when it comes to like the actual training plan and like the big picture mm-hmm. and talking about, you know, 80, 20 and stuff like that. Those guys, I mean, shoot, man, I see some, some of these guys pros that I know and I, I look at their easy stuff and it reminds me, you got to go easier, man. Like if right. these guys yeah, are running, right. if these guys are yeah. running, you know, foreign change, you know, minute miles for marathons <laughs> yeah. and then they're going on the easy run and it's like seven twenty. Yeah, like, you, sh- you sure shit can run eight, you know, eight minute bit. Yeah. Um, so, the the way that your schedule is shaped is similar, um, but the fact is that your in-between day-to-day is so dissimilar, mm. that you have to figure out how to plug in some of that stuff that they get to do when they're not having to have a meeting with their boss. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, and that's, you know, I try and drive home the importance of it by reminding people, hey, like, that's why so-and-so didn't get injured while they were getting ready to go race the Berlin Marathon right. because they were doing X, Y, and Z. You don't have as much time for that, but spend five minutes here, five minutes there, you know, yeah, just, it adds up. Yeah, just no, no, number one, knowing what you need to do, um, you know, during those times and then trying to fit it, fit it in the schedule um, and don't be type A and have to stretch and things and do Pilates for two right. hours every day. Uh, and, and, the... and be type A to an extent, yeah. but just remember to be smart on the backside of right, it, you right. know? Yeah, because yeah, we don't have the luxury of, you know, three-hour naps in the middle of the day and, you know, the compression boots that you talked about. We got to get back to right. our every day. Um, and and you, you talked about the, pre, the pre-workout, the, the pre-run, right? And you mentioned dynamic uh, work, dynamic exercises or stretching. Um, a lot of people will get out. They they they'll do their normal you know stretches. They'll pull their leg up and and do the do the quad stretch and count to ten right. and switch. What are you what do you what are you what are your thoughts on static uh, stretches before a run? So, I mean, rule of thumb is you know static stuff when you're done because that's mobilizing dynamic yeah. before you go. Um, the dynamic movement is going to help warm up you know the big muscles. Um, Again, the you know one of the ways we talk a lot about when we're doing like running workshops and stuff. Talk about the muscles behind you are what get you going. The muscles of the side are what kind of keep you going, and you need those to be fired before you before you head out. And the only way to get those really going is by doing dynamic warm up, which means you're moving. So you're talking lunges, squats. Um, you know, uh, in variations on those. So like world's greatest stretch or twisted lizard, you know, there's a million names for a lot of this stuff. Um, doing, um, like it's called it like soldier, soldier stretch where you try and kick your toes and your high, you know, hands up. Um, 
all that kind of stuff. And some of it's just different variations of running and running drills, you know, butt kicks, high knees, you know, that type of stuff. Getting your feet used to the impact with the ground and and getting those muscles to work in the right way. Um, If you're just doing static stretching, you're just stretching those muscles. Um, Those muscles, you know, if you're feeling sore um, or if you're coming off an injury and let's say that you got something going on in your hip and man, that, that capsule just feels, you know, super restricted a little bit, you know, stretch that out a little bit, but then make sure that you do the dynamic stuff too. Okay. Um, so it's okay to do a little bit of static stretching before you head out. I mean, shoot, I'm 41 years old. I feel like I need to do static stretching every four steps. Um, <laughs> but make sure that you do the dynamic stuff. Okay. Too. Yeah. Um, and then the, at the end of the workout is where you should spend a little bit more time doing those static passive yoga type stretches um to open up the hips um you know free up the lumbar from you know impact that you're putting on that all that kind of stuff and ankles too that's the other big thing like people don't think about what you're doing to your feet and ankles going out there and running you know even four miles um and that needs to be part of the stretching as well and some of that's just manual manipulation um i could move my camera down a little bit and you know you just work your work your foot around in circles you know in both yeah. directions nice and slow and make sure that things are getting mobilized um so that's all you know all part of it as well so and and you said that the muscles behind you are the ones that get you going um and a part of recovery in you know in my now that i'm kind of trying to get smarter about this whole thing so i can get back out there and you know qualify for boston all that good stuff um what like what exercises? I mean, I don't, you don't have to like get up and show us, but like, what exercises do you recommend um, that you can do without like having to be in the gym? Uh, that'll help you build up in maybe not just after the workout or before, but like literally say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work out every other day at the house and do some things. What can yep. I do? So the biggest thing that I tell everybody <clears throat> is, and this is the easiest way to go about it. Um, you know, so I love lifting weights. I mean, shoot, I forgot. There's a squat rack right behind me. There's a bunch of plates on the floor. And I, yeah. I lift weights, man. I don't look like every other um, three-hour marathoner. I carry myself around at 175, 180 pounds most of the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, I like lifting weights. It doesn't mean that you have to lift weights. Yeah. But you do need to do strength work. Um, and so what I tell everybody is go to run a tray and buy some mini bands. They keep them in stock. Mini bands are like... God's gift to injury prevention and to you getting faster too. Um, I always have to remind myself that I can sit here and nerd out about like, this is going to keep you from getting injured in a day. People are dumb and they don't care about that. What they care about is when you tell them that you'll, you'll go faster. From doing this. Right, right, right. And so I try and make sure that I do both. Um, but go buy minivans. They carry them at run Detroit. I think they carry like three of the four different tensions. It's good to have different tensions because yep. there's a bunch of different movements you can do with them. Um, you can pretty simply you – know, the nice thing about mini bands is there's less that you can do to hurt yourself. So it's a little bit easier for me to say, hey, just go use your Google machine, yeah. your phone, your, your yeah. computer, yeah. and type in mini band exercises for runners. Yeah. And for the most part, the big ones that I – um, really stress to people, and I coach these, you know, multiple times a week. Um, lateral walk, lateral monster walk, where you're down in like kind of a quarter yeah, squat or what yeah. we call athletic position, and so you're, you know, working, getting those glutes firing, 
hips are working too. You want to really keep knees and toes straight forward as you walk and you keep tension in those bands. So that one's like kind of the A number one. If you're going to do nothing else, <laughs> do that. Yeah. Um, lateral monster walk, squats with bands on, making sure that you keep your knees um, splayed out to where they follow the path of your toes. Mm -hmm. When you go down into a squat, what happens a lot of times is people's hips start to collapse Mm -hmm. at the bottom of the squat as they come up. You got to make sure you press those knees out at the bottom and keep those mini bands from, you know, having you come into. Um, So squats, um, clamshells, where you lie on your side and kind of, you know, lift your knee up, keep your feet together. And then reverse clamshells is another really good one that I've finally remembered to kind of re-implement a lot lately um, so it's going to work the um, external hip rotation. And so it's a little bit different than clamshell, but it's working through the way that your hips work, building up a lot of those muscles and tendons throughout there, um, working, making sure that they're rotating properly. Um, and I found that that's a really big one since so many people that, are sitting down more. And is that um, cool? Is that the one where you um, where you lay on your side just like a clamshell, but you put the bands around your ankles, keep your yep, knee, and then keep your lift knees the together. foot up, keep your knees together. Yeah, yeah. And I you really I want to like, try and keep a small gap in between like the knees, <laughs> both when you do clamshell. And it's it's hard, man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it and it, it's hard for me. Um, so that's a really good one. And then the other big one for me is glute bridge, um, glute bridge with bands on. Um, making sure that you have really good tension in the bands so that your, your feet and knees should be about shoulder width apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big thing that is, I hate saying incorrectly taught, but I, I guess I do believe it's incorrectly taught. A lot of time when, when people are coaching glute bridges, they hear them say, squeeze your butt. Don't squeeze your damn butt. If you squeeze your butt, the muscles, so there's like, what is it, 10 muscles in the glute region? The muscles that are working the best in the glute region for you personally, for you, Tommy, mm-hmm. like those are going to fire when you try and squeeze your butt. Yeah, like right. that. Cool. But you got to get all the other muscles to work too. Yeah. And so the way that you do that is focus on the foot connection with the ground. And so while you're lying on your back and doing glute bridge. Um, and in fact, the other thing is when you do minivan work and stuff like that, take your shoes off. Have your shoes off the whole time because you want to feel grounded to the ground, and that's going to help. You're basically doing foot strengthening exercises without doing right, right. specific foot strengthening exercises. Um, but you want to concentrate on three points of contact with the ground: the ball, of fo- ball of foot behind the great toe, ball of foot behind, or b- I'm pointing in the middle of the heel, the ball of foot behind your pinky toe, mm-hmm. and the middle of the heel. So three points of contact, call a tripod. So you want to really feel for those as you start to drive those hips up into that bridge position for yeah. glute bridge. Um, you know, you hold for a two count at the top or so and then lower yourself down nice and slow. Yeah. But focus on feeling through the feet and pressing through the feet, and that's going to get all all the muscles in the glute region to fire. Okay. Um, so that's a super important one. I don't think I'm leaving any others off, but there's a ton of stuff that you can do with mini bands. But that's my biggest, my biggest thing. Go buy some mini bands. And legitimately, you can do them for five minutes at a time. It's yeah. a great way to take a quick break, um, you know, during work. Yeah. If you're working from home, I mean, shoot. For some folks, you can turn off – if you can turn off the video in a meeting, do it during your meeting, man. You're not going to get way out of breath. So it's not going to sound <laughs> like you're running on a it's, treadmill while you're yeah. trying to answer a question in a meeting. Yeah, speak, for, <laughs> speak for yourself, you know. <laughs> you know Tommy, Tommy, what are you doing? Oh, 
Okay, fine. I'm doing a five mile run right now. It'd, it'd, it'd be my you know? it'd be my luck though that I'd forget to put it on mute. And, <laughs> you just and you're doing it. glute bridges yeah. on the ground. Hear me puffing and puffing. But nonetheless, I mean, you can do that stuff whether it's breaks during work or before you go to bed yeah, or yeah. you know after you put the kids down or whatever. Um, you know, that's hugely, hugely, hugely important. Yeah, and I like I like those. I mean, because those are definitely ones that. You know, everybody. I mean, not yeah. You know, everybody can get you know mini bands fairly easily. I mean, even if you yeah. don't, you know, run like you said, run Detroit has them and freaking Walmart. Yeah, has if, them, you if know? you're not local, um, if you're not local and can't go to Run Detroit, um, which is the only excuse for not going to Run Detroit. Exactly. Um, <laughs> the PerformBetter.com. So PerformBetter okay. is a it's like a discount exercise equipment warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so PerformDetter.com, they have them. I want to say they're like nine bucks for a set of four, and it comes with four different tensions. Yeah. And it actually comes with a little booklet that has some of the exercises right. in it. And literally, yeah. you just do those exercises, yeah. and you'll be fine. You know, Obviously, it's good to learn more and keep it interesting, yeah. but you know, some people, and again, that's part of being type A. So some people like, okay, I'm going to commit to five minutes a day of this, I'm going to do these four movements and that's all I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And that's fine for that's the most great. part. You yeah. know I mean? Obviously it's good to mix it up and you know, there's exercise phase stuff about can, you know, you want to confuse those muscles sometimes and all that, but um, it's okay to just do those same. It's better than doing nothing. Exactly. I mean, you know? and so, I, think, I think a lot of this too, like I'm glad that you're, I mean, I'm glad that you have people that you work, that you work with and actually tell to, you know, tell people to do these things and you work with them at the gym as well too. Um, but I think it's all, it's all about like, you know, awareness for, you know, some of the things that we should be doing. Um, and it's not even about, um, you know, there's people listening that are like, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to run, you know, I want to run faster, but I don't really care that much. Like, I don't want to run that fast where I have to do all this stuff, but really we're talking about, you know, prehab over rehab here to the point where you're, you know, it's just simple things that we can do that'll just allow us to continue doing what we like doing, which is showing up to run Detroit on Saturdays and running it with rerun three one three on Tuesdays and you yep. know and it's like it just allows you to keep doing that and do it in a more enjoyable fashion. And like you said, this this isn't like a you gotta go check into a gym for an hour and a half, two hours just to run a few miles with some friends. Um yep. so like these things I, I I like that you actually talked about each one and how to do them because um, it's just, it, it makes it sound even more simple and why aren't we doing them, you know? So uh, I do, I've, I wrote down some things too. So I'll be, I'll be, as soon as we hang on this one, I'm going to you know, probably do a, a glute bridge or something, you know, because, uh, in my injury, one of the things that the, um, the rehab, um, the sports therapist was saying, is like, you know, you, you got, you got a weak butt, you know? So I just had to work out, you know, and figure out how to, how to make that that part stronger because we just we just don't think about how much we use it you know number yeah. one and then number two we're just either too lazy or something to go ahead and make it work out yeah and i tell people all the time that you know one of the things that you always kind of got to remind yourself of you know that song that we all learned in you know primary school elementary school or whatever you know your knee bones connected to the hip bone yeah. you know whatever like yeah. everything's connected man yeah. it yeah. all goes you know and you got to remember that if if something hurting, there's a reason why, and it's probably because something else isn't working properly. Right. Yeah. And so you got to at least pay attention and, and have an understanding of your body. You don't have to be a 
you know, anatomy expert. Um, but you have to at least be aware that things are connected and that, you know, and at least know that, you know, your glutes are probably the most important thing when it comes to running followed maybe equally and very closely to your core. Um, and, and at least know some of those basics so that you can assess, you know, certain things and, right. and hopefully save some medical costs and not just, you know, go to a doctor all the time and be able to at least be like, okay, well, this is sore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to do this or whatever the case may be. So. Yeah, I mean, it, and it just seems so simple, you know, like, and if you look at it from the right standpoint, like you said, then it'll just, why have to deal with going to a sports therapist when you could have just been doing a few things? Not that injury is going to happen, you know? Yeah. Like, that is what it is. But if you can, if there's things that you can do, like you said, five, ten minutes out of a day, um, nothing crazy, it, it just seems like you know, it's a no-brainer, you know, why you wouldn't just jump in there and do those things for yourself to make this a much more enjoyable process. Yeah. Um, so um, I guess um, I get. I want to see like what what do you want to leave people with when it comes to you know just training, recovery, prehab, all that. Like what thought do you want to leave people with to help out? Uh, the same stuff that I write in my athletes' logs practically daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to go slow to go fast. Yeah. Uh, easy days easier, hard days harder. Um, sleep more. Uh, eat real food, uh, and, uh, do your damn minivan work. Um, and, and truth be told that, Hey, if you can't go get minivans, do some darn squats and body weight stuff. Like again, it's a few minutes at a time. It, It goes such a long way. And, um, you know, I hate seeing people injured. I hate seeing people, you know, like you that love running and can't run, you know, and I've been there, man. I mean, I can't tell you how many hours I spent on a gosh darn erg rower, um, a few years ago when I had, you know, soft tissue damage in my foot that I'm still kind of dealing with some of the repercussions from. So I get it, you know, I've, I've been there. Um, and you know, it's anything that I can do to, to help people kind of remind themselves how to, how to stay on the road, literally. Um, so that, that's really the biggest thing. Um, you know, the, the other thing that I was thinking about when talking about this and partially because it's on a Friday, you know, happy hour, um, (laughs) you know, listen, everybody enjoys, not everybody, but a lot of people enjoy having a glass of wine or a drink, you know, whatever. Yeah. Every once in a while, you gotta remember that, you know, and that might, you might think of that as part of your recovery. You know, you finished your long day at work, you yeah. finished your run and you're going to have, you know, a couple glasses of wine or whatever. One of the things that I love, there's a triathlon coach I have a ton of respect for named Matt Dixon, uh, out on the West coast. He's a British guy. He's lived on the West coast for a long time. Um, his podcast is definitely worth a listen to pretty funny sometimes, but definitely triathlon nerdy stuff. But anyways, mm-hmm. one of the things that he talks a lot about is one glass of wine great man have at it he always uses wine but this can be used for you know pretty much anything. one glass of wine like rock on you're good two glasses of wine if it was a big day maybe it was a friday you went in a strong week you had a good run whatever you're celebrating a little bit like two's good when you hit three that's when you're affecting not only tomorrow's training but the day after mm-hmm. and so that's really the big rule from you know with that and that's that's one that I wanted to make sure I like slid in on a Friday yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. to remind people yeah. that, you know, if you, 
you know, if you're really taking this stuff seriously, um, you know, and again, for some people, it it very much is like, I just want to go for a run. I'm not particularly trying to qualify for Boston like Tommy or whatever. Um, But if you're taking it seriously, you got to remember, you know, if I have that third drink, no matter what it is, beer, you know, glass of whiskey, whatever, like that's going to affect my training tomorrow and the next day. And it doesn't mean that you're going to feel sick and hungover, oh, yeah, I, but I you, yeah. from a, you know, physiological standpoint, like that's, it's going to affect you and you got to remember that. So, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't drink, but, um, that's, uh, that's the same way for me with, uh, Oreos. I'm, I'm vegan and Oreos are like my, I can't, if there's yeah. a thing, if there's Oreos there, I can't even, I don't even know if I could walk past without grabbing some. It's, it's um, me and ice cream. So like, so, so like sometimes I'm, I'm with you. Like if I'm in a really hard part of training and I see some Oreos, like sometimes I'll look at it and say, you know what? Well, I'll I'll, I'll see you later. I'll, I'll I'll come back another day for that. And hey, uh, it's great to like you have to reward yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I and when I'm like really deep and you know, and like right now, kind of my. There, Sorry, you're back. Um, I uh, what I was saying. Oh, super important to like still reward yourself, though. You yeah. know, I'm like right now I'm in my off season. I'm like I'm gonna eat a little bit more ice cream, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, when I'm in a serious training block, like that stuff is gonna be my reward here and there. And you, you got to pick your slots for it. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, you finish up that key twenty mile run. Listen, come back and have a whole sleeve of Oreos. Hey, man, You're going to have tomorrow off anyways. Yeah, I, like, that's cool. I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. But, man, I really do appreciate the time. I don't want this thing to Absolutely. cut us off. Um, thanks so much. I love that last, you know, your last thought there. Um, you know, it sounded like you said, to me, it sounded like you said, run smart, uh, eat healthy, uh, sleep more, and I would say repeat, but get some mini bands and then repeat, right? Yeah, hell yeah. Cool, cool, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks For so sure, much. Brother. It's the Run, Eat, Sleep show. Talk to you guys later. The coolest thing about having this show um, so far is that we had some really great people and Gio is definitely one of them. Um, I'm going to make sure that I stay in touch with him, follow him on Instagram and all that good stuff to make sure that uh, you just keep gleaning as much information from people like this as possible. Very well-rounded. Seems like all his runners are well-rounded as well. Uh, stay out there, stay after it, keep up with your recovery, keep up with all the workouts that we talked about today. Uh, if you need help, hit us up, and I'll refer you to Gio or anybody else that we have on the show. Run, eat, sleep, repeat.